four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Hello and welcome to UniversalExports.co, where we discuss all sorts of things of interest, including flying, sailing, walking, droning, crashing, winning, walking, falling and viewing. Stand by and we'll be right there. Now, that's a sound you don't want to hear. That was the sound of a Spitfire crash which took off on takeoff during the air show in France at Trois Frontiers Long Lyon Villiers, a few metres from the public. It was a case of uh, a restored Spitfire taxiing ready for takeoff. The interesting thing about it was this particular Spitfire had a Griffin engine. Normally Spitfires, as we know them, have the Merlin engine. The big difference is the Griffin engine rotates in the opposite direction. The crash was put down to pilot error, as all crashes are. But in this case, there may be some merit in that comment. As the Griffin engine goes in the opposite direction to what most aircraft do, the pilot, it seems, was caught off guard and when taxiing out, didn't adjust with his back pressure and unfortunately came to this horrible and very destructive end. Fortunately, we understand that neither the pilot nor the public were injured, but there were conflicting reports because the um, five-bladed propeller, which was wooden, split into many splinters and uh, it is said that one or two of the bystanders were hit by those splinters. What have you learned today? Merlin engines, Griffin engines, look them up. The world of sailing, the America's Cup was once again put back into the hands of the New Zealand team, which has won the America's Cup for the second time. The America's Cup, for those of you that don't know about it, and you must be very young if you don't, is a cup that was held by the Americans for over 132 years without being beaten until the Australians came along. Uh, I tell you what, any boss who sacks anyone for not turning up the day is a bum. <laughs> the winning team of a new keel, but more importantly, the boxing kangaroo flag. Dennis Connor was the skipper of the uh, American contender and he was brought to tears because of the uh, the defeat that uh, he let go the first time in 132 years but wonderful to see that the New Zealand team have won it back the second time that they've held the America's Cup now droning on A lot of you out there have known of drones and a lot of you out there have also getting some drones. The important thing is with drones is they have a lot of bad press, fear of uh, danger of crashing and uh, also privacy issues and a few things like that. If you are getting a drone, you need to look up the CASA website, that's C-A-S-A, the Civil Aviation Safety Authority, and learn about the rules and regulations pertaining to drone. And just because you're flying as a hobby doesn't mean to say these regulations don't apply to you. Part 101 amendments cover everything that you need to know and I do suggest you look up this site. Breaking down the most relevant rules that apply to everyone, of course, you aren't supposed to fly, nor should you fly, within 5.5 kilometres of a manned airport. That's a tower airport. That's three nautical miles in their terminology. You shouldn't fly above 120 metres, 400 feet at any stage. 
nor should you fly within 30 metres of people or property. That property can be houses, cars, boats, anything that comes under the term of property. Also, of course, don't fly above sporting events or where there's a large congregation of people. Whatever the situation, if your drone crashes, you will be responsible. Just be very careful because you will be facing a $9,000 fine and or time inside and nobody wants that. You can download an app which is called Can I Fly There? This is a fantastic uh, little tool that you can have which actually brings up where you can fly and where you can't fly. And uh, if you're standing at a particular point at a particular time, it will tell you whether you are within or without those boundaries. Also, don't forget you're not supposed to fly within one nautical mile of a helicopter landing site. And you'll say, where are they? Well, they're on the app as well. But also, don't forget, most hospitals have helicopter landing sites. So use a little bit of common sense if you're going there. Walking along. A couple of walks we'd like to discuss with you today and one of them is the Nuji Rail Trail. Nuji Rail Trail or Nuji is about 100 kilometres east of Melbourne. It starts at the Nuji Village where the Nuji pub is a very nice place to go the old station that was there has been or is being restored as well as a number of steam locomotives and lots of other interesting things the walk along that rail trail isn't very far and it isn't very strenuous only about three kilometers being a rail trail like most rail trails uh, it has got compacted sand and gravel very easy to walk you could probably ride it on a bike if that's what you want to do and it takes you from the Nuji village up to the trestle bridge, which is the largest wooden trestle bridge in Victoria, is almost 100 years old. And in that time, it was burnt down in 1939 during the Great Fires. However, they were able to rebuild it again in that same year. It is the largest wooden trestle bridge in Victoria, spans over 100 metres UniversalExports.co is the podcast you're listening to. It's universal by name and universal by nature. We cover all sorts of things of interest and we'd like to hear from you if you'd like us to put in a segment specifically for something that you're interested in. We've mixed it up so you get a variety of what you're listening to during your day. If you've got us plugged in while you're vacuuming, you can have a choice of all of those different segments that we're going to talk to you about. Are you into space and astronomy? Just a couple of interesting things that we're all very, very happy about. The sun is currently rising at 7.35 and today it sets at 17.13. That's an increase of two minutes from yesterday. So the days are getting longer. We are moving rapidly towards summer. Come on, the warmth. If you haven't worked it out, this broadcast is emanating from the centre of universe in downtown Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. We're currently in our winter season, looking very much forward to summer. Another rise and set you could be interested in is Saturn rises at 15.35 in the afternoon and sets at 06.10 in the morning. So if you've got your telescope and want it mounted, uh, you need to have it pointed in that easterly northern direction when it's dark. So by about 9 or 10, you can see it probably in a northerly direction. 
The other one that you may be interested in is Jupiter, which is rising at noon midday and sets at about half past midnight. So you need to catch that um, just after sunset to make it at a reasonable height for you to be able to pick it up. Speaking of Jupiter, Juno. I know, but Juno. Juno spacecraft that has been floating around Jupiter and is coming in to get the closest shots of Jupiter's red spot that's ever been taken before. This is being backed up by a number of telescopes on the Earth, uh, Gemini and Subaru telescopes on Mauna Kea, to support what Juno is doing up there very close to the Jupiter's red spot. Jupiter's red spot is known to be a big storm area and does have effects on lots of things about it. So we're going to learn more and more by the fact that we're going to get these wonderful shots by Juno, the little spacecraft. I know, now you know. For those of you into photography and filmmaking, just a couple of little things here I'd like to talk about. Canon have brought out their new point and shoot which is the Canon XS730. There's been a 720 and a 710 prior to that, but this 730 has really got some get up and go. It fits in a price bracket somewhere between $439 and $548, depending where you purchase. One of the things that are really good and interests me in this camera, it goes from an ultra-wide lens to a 40 times optical zoom. That's optical zoom, which is just fantastic for travel. It folds away so it fits in your pocket and that again makes it ideal for travelling, which also features stabilised video photography as well. And all of these things are just wonderful if you are going on a trip. And if you're going on a trip, we'd like to hear about it. Where are you going? What are you going to see? What sort of camera equipment do you use? The other wonderful thing about this little SX730 is it has a tilt-up screen that tilts all the way up so you can do wonderful selfies, make sure you are framed correctly with that wonderful piece of artwork behind you or that architecture or the Taj Mahal, although I wouldn't go there at the moment. It's scaffolded up. That's something else you've learned today. Don't go to the Taj Mahal at the moment unless you're into scaffolding. The ultra-wide lens also makes it ideal for you to get those shots, but it also has a system where you press a button and suddenly your skin tone is much smoother than what it was before. Much cheaper than going for a bit of surgery, I would think. And as I say, that ranges in price from $438 to $539. It's just a matter of looking around online, go up and down Elizabeth Street to all the shops down there and see what best price you can get. In the world of filmmaking, you may be aware of Rhodes, Road Reel Short Film Competition. It has closed. So if you are going to put an entry in, guess what? You've missed out, just like me. I only missed out by a few days, but I didn't get it in. Such is life. We're all waiting for the results. And as soon as those results come out, we will let you know. We'll be the first to let you know who are the winners and where they are. Thank you for tuning in today. Look forward to hearing from you about your thoughts, your ideas. Give us some comments, reviews, feedback. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you'd like us to cover because we are universal. That's universalexports.co.